I can't remember if there are other, other words to this song. So I'm just gonna do the part that I know. Mercy is falling, it's falling, it's falling. Gomor is on his phone. He's pacing back and forth. Pend out, we stop in the middle of the room. Hey, oh, he's on the phone. Hey, oh, I hope I'm not bothering him. Gomer, point at the camera if this is annoying you. I don't think he can hear what I'm saying. <coughs> I hope I'm not ruining his conversation. I would feel so bad if I'm doing this while he's in a really serious conversation. <coughs> Hey, oh, I receive your mercy. Hey, oh, I receive your grace. Hey, oh, I will dance forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally been doing that the whole time you were on the phone. I just see the green spiking <laughs> on the <laughs> on the output scale thing. It's so funny. Hey, do you want to know why I am a brave, brave man? Why are you a brave, brave man? I just did a Facebook Live on the edge of my couch while we're in these God is here. Super short, very holy boxers. Aaron would have killed me. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I was like, holy crap, I cannot stand up. Do not stand up. Do not stand up. Do not stand up. So, anywho, let me stand up real quick. Don't! <laughs> First Game of Thrones apologetics, and now Luke's <laughs> on the <laughs> catching foxes. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Oh, I miss you, man. Look, look, look at you and your haircut with your short oh, hair. Oh, let me show you. I, I literally, literally, as as I was requesting the haircut, I go, I can't wait till Luke makes fun of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> check this out. Right, right. So, shaved oh, all the way up here. My gosh. All the way up here. Oh, long my on God. Top. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what did Matt Frad say? Like, I spit out when I was drinking or something like that when I heard Luke make fun of your hair. <laughs> I was like, which is uh, so funny because I spit Luke out of my mouth. Wait, that sounds weird. That's that's. Yeah, <laughs> Shh, no one's supposed to know about that. That's a sin. <laughs> hey, I know you're gonna cut all this out, but you really need to hear what I was doing while you were on on the phone. Okay. Because it's it's worth putting on like the very end of of an episode. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, donate to our Patreon and you'll get all the best of Luke Carey's hits. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Man. Uh, Speaking well, of Patreon, you need to do uh Soul of the Apostle thing. What are you talking about? Wada, 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 wada. <laughs> I know. I have zero excuse now. This yeah. is what happens to me, and I hate this about myself. I genuinely hate this about myself. When anything, like, did you notice I was doing great up until Abide? Oh, and then the big day. And then when that happens, it just, like, messed up everything. And then I had the convocation, and and it just, like, I feel like I have not recovered from that. Fair enough. No, no, no. It's not good. <laughs> it's a character flaw is what I'm yeah. saying. No, no, I know. You don't have staying power. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know. You're a dick. I have to deal with this all the time. Yeah. No, no. I understand. You have a profound lack of character. <laughs> You're missing with this thing we call integrity. <laughs> and it can't even be restored because it isn't about porn. It's just about you being a bad person. <laughs> there is no integrity restored. There's no you. coming back from that. <laughs> Holy crap. 
If only your character defects were as simple as a porn addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is, I'm like lying down on my couch. Is that a bad way to, to pod, podcast? No, you're very seductive right now. Very seductive. <laughs> if, you, if you could screenshot this and we can make this a cover, be, dude, I love you, by the way. Oh, show that, it to me. Show it to me. Where is it? Uh, okay. Is it's, it in the bedroom? It's, 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 yeah, it's in our back room. Is she asleep? Mm-hmm. Damn it. I know. Take a picture with your phone tomorrow. All right. I will. It's, it's freaking beautiful. So for those of you listening, the Anima Technica Vacua episode that we did with, uh, what was it, 101, I think? No, mm-hmm. 102. It was the episode right before Ike. Uh, Luke had mentioned to me, he's like, where'd you get that picture of Hans Urs von Balthasar? That's an awesome picture. So when... Uh, well, okay, really quick. I'd seen the picture before, but I like that he used that for the album cover. Yeah, yeah. I want... Yeah. So I just said, well, what do you like about it? And as he's telling me, I dug up his address from the previous <laughs> emails and then went on to a wonderful website called FractureMe.com, FractureMe, and they print the image right directly onto the glass. So it's not under the glass. It's on the glass. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, and it's and then you just mount it. Where do you have Is it on the wall or is it sitting? No, right, so right now it's in the box still because we're in a great debate on – we might completely rearrange our apartment. Oh, cool. So we might put our, our bedroom to the back room, which is like the small room, and then have like our – have our – dresser slash couch slash tv in that and what is our bedroom now and we have some stuff we might want to hang up in there that like wouldn't be like living room appropriate that makes sense all your dogs playing poker (laughs) (laughs) sienna just snorting coke coke cocaine um uh i talk about dogs playing poker you talk about dogs doing cocaine (laughs) i love making cocaine jokes is that bad nope Uh, there's absolutely Um, nothing wrong with that uh, like I got Aaron this, so Aaron's a big fan of Peggy on on um, Mad Men, oh, and yeah. so I got her this really great poster of her uh, for Aaron, and I think and it, we might like hang that up in there, but it, it could also go in like an office kind of. People would be cool with that, but I don't know. So it's a it's a really cool like minimal style of her of when Peggy walks down the hallway with the like octopus painting and. Oh yeah, and uh, has a cigarette in her mouth. It's like she's like now owned of the workplace. It's kind yes. of Peggy's Aaron's inspiration for like how she wants to be in like the work world. Just work your ass off and take no prisoners, and really make your job be more important than like your family, your legitimate kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> modern woman, Peggy, the ideal modern woman, has sex with whom she wants. Discards child on whomever she pleases, <laughs> and uh, it will be a storyline that will be completely abandoned until the last season, <laughs> which I haven't watched yet. La, 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 oh, sorry, sorry. No. <laughs> you didn't watch the last? You watched the last one? Uh, no, because I was waiting for it to come out on Netflix. I didn't want spoilers, and then all these people dogged the last episode or last couple episodes. So I was like, really? Yeah, a lot of people. You know, here's what this is what I believe. I don't believe successful TV shows know how to end unless they start the show with the ending in mind. So, like, you have Lost, the last season. Everyone hated the last season. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I thought it was fine. Um, you have, well, let's go through them, right? You have... Uh, uh, really quick, this is the thing that I wanted to, to talk about, so let's, like, dive into this. Okay, well, that you have Sopranos. Now, I, I never watched The Sopranos. I understand, you know, a lot of people... 
insanely love The Sopranos, but everyone talks about the ending, uh, the final episodes being terrible. Did he die? Was he okay? Whatever. I don't even know what that means. But, um, you know, Mad Men, uh, I think Breaking Bad, people generally like the ending. Lost is the most notorious one. Um, yeah. See, I thought that the Mad Men ending was great. I thought it was phenomenal. Good. As good I, as... Daring Fireball guy, John Gruber, I don't think he liked it. And he's a Madman fanatic. Really? Huh. See, I thought it was... I thought I, I don't see how else you end that. Like, yeah, it, yeah I don't want to spoil anything for you. But I think in terms of Don Draper's character arc, it's the perfect ending. It's exactly how it should end. He turns into Littlefinger and runs a brothel. <laughs> uh, chaos hey, is a ladder. Chaos is a ladder. Luke? Look at you, buddy. I've all of our. Do you, um, do you understand what this is? Zero. Sh- yeah, it's a. Oh, the new Coke Zero can. Uh, there is no longer my traditional Coke Zero anymore. It is now known as Coke Zero Sugar, and it is a new recipe. Does it taste better? No, I don't think so. But you know, I don't like change. I'm a white male. But you know, all hail our corporate overlord. So yeah, I'm drinking Lacroix. What is the deal with LaCroix? What is the deal? I don't know. It's just not terrible. It's water. It's not terrible. It's, that's carbonated. Matt uh, Reggett loves LaCroix. I walk in there to Prince of Peace Catholic Church in Tomball, Texas to do a Tomball, retreat. Texas. Tomball, Texas. And I walk in there. One of the most amazing human beings who had ever lived, Matt Reggett. And he says to me, Gomer, I totally forgot to get you Coke Zero, but I got a whole ice chest full of LaCroix over there. And I'm like. What is happening with LaCroix? Ike was drinking a LaCroix when we were talking. I just don't get it. I like LaCroix. Um, That's good. So I have a really important thing that we need to talk about. Go on. This is super serious. Have you – before I start, this is not – we've already had this debate, so it's not about anything that we've already talked talked about. So this is a fresh thing. Have you watched the last Game of Thrones episode? Yes. Episode six. Yeah. Do you think (laughs) – so spoilers if you're if you're behind on Game of Thrones, it's massive work. Yeah, burr. I've never been more mad after an episode of television in my life. I forgot how it ended. Besides, no, I know how it ended. Um, you didn't you didn't think that was totally predictable? Oh no, I thought it was a thousand percent. Do you know why we knew it was predictable? Is because of the freaking poster. Of the White Walker on top of the wall, holding uh, on the riding an ice dragon. Do you remember that movie poster? You were the one that shared that with me. No, I thought that was fake. Well, apparently it's not. <laughs> I, I well, didn't know. Just... I didn't know that was fake. I thought that was a real poster. And so when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, okay. This is where he kills one of the dragons." But I, I knew it was I. That's a really good point. I just think that. The showrunners have completely checked out. They just want to hit all the beats. And it's like, let's just get the points across, and we're done. I, f- I was talking to someone and, at work, and she's like, I overheard him talking about it. And so I turned around and walked back down the hallway, and I went, <laughs> do, 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 do. And they, like, looked at me, and, and so we all started talking about it. Um, and apparently we're all still Catholic. And uh, <laughs> Imagine that. I'm not bitter. But, um, <laughs> you but, can see my leg right, right now, by yeah, the way. Yeah, <laughs> I can see your entire white thigh. Oh, man. Super white. That is a type of white supremacy I need nothing of. (laughs) Just kidding. I need more of that type. Um, But no, so we started talking, and I said, do you you feel like they're just phoning it in? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, I I really do feel like this season, 
in terms of the overall, like, I don't know if it's like this show is built on anticipation and now it's like, hey, the queen's here. Uh, she's just going to chill out on a rock for a while. Hey, look at Jon Snow. He's alive. And now he's back home and reunited with his sister at Winterfell. Oh, it's all it's all sad. Oh, look, he's the king. Yay, king of the north. <laughs> oh, but he's a tired, sad sack. Oh, okay. Now he's just going to hang out with Daenerys for a while. Hey, like, I feel like every single anticipation that we wanted is all like all the major things that we wanted is happening but Mm -hmm. it's not well done yeah and that's so i was um there's a podcast that i've been diving into called uh crap a cast of kings i think is what it's called or something yeah really really good and this is so this like this like one woman somehow knows all the spoilers like she's, uh, she knows. Like she gets like a, she gets a lot of like leaks. Not like, not like leaks as in like pre episodes, but just like people who work for the show tell her what's going to happen. It's weird. I mean, I'm not sure what her connection is, but she has like she, but is also like supported by the, by the show. So it's kind of weird. But she and she does a great job of also criticizing it. And she says what really stings is a lot of us who paid attention to the books, we knew what was coming, but it was still great because it was well done. Yeah. Like the so like she knew Hodor was going to die. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that like she knew was, was was going to happen. And she said it killed me when I saw it. Absolutely like it, it killed me. And then when the dragon happened, I was like, okay, check that off of the list. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, that was close to it. You know, I mean, I thought that with the actual act of the dragon dying, I think that the girl who plays Daenerys is like not a good actor. Well, sorry, let me let me rephrase this. It should have been Drogo who died because we have more of a connection with but, him. Okay, true, but she you only pair with one writer. So a dragon, oh, really? okay. there will that you can't pair with another rider. So it's either Drogon and she never flies again. Interesting plot twist, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's gonna work. Or a dragon dies. You know, it's kind of like I felt like that was that dragon should have been wearing a red shirt and been on Star Trek. Like exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, this one's gonna die. No, no, you can't have the absolute. Someone I can't remember what someone said. Uh, th- that was a great leveling moment, right? Like she has three dragons, she can wipe out. If if they were a little bit more strategic and weren't picking up some dumbasses in the middle of a lake, she could have decimated the entire ten thousand person army, you know, just by flying the dragons at mm-hmm. all different directions and zigging and zagging. But instead, you know, you have to. You, she's too powerful, even with the dragons, even though she lost all of her ships and stuff. She's still yeah, too powerful. Yeah, because I was really, and this is. Um... One thing that, that on Matt Fratt's other podcast on Game of Thrones, the person that he interviewed, it was a really great episode. I thought that that, that that like woman had a lot of great points. It was really, really good. One of the things she talked about, like, what's the artistic like value of the show? And I think her main argument was there's no redeeming like value to it. Therefore, there's no real like, value in it. And I was like, I don't know if I agree that all art has to be redeeming. So I guess, we, but... I was again, I mean, and we kind of I'll talk about this. Like the point is the show is just so freaking interesting and it's got such depth and like nuances. And one of those is anyone can die at any point in time. Yeah. Literally anyone. They killed off their main guy who was on all of the marketing stuff in the first season of the show. They killed him. 
yeah. their main character who was on all the posters and it the could, biggest actor and it could not have gone any other way yes oh totally and having it any other way would have ruined it sean bean must die <laughs> yeah. there are two things that are infallible besides the pope and sacred scripture the fact that sean bean must die and the cubs will never win the world series <laughs> i mean i remember oh that's a baseball team you know that right i was um <laughs> oh because we have our cameras up i can see your reactions um <laughs> no and it's funny because like i remember when he died i almost didn't believe it <laughs> because i kept thinking why are you laughing you, luke you, you look like an early 2000s youth minister who's like it's gonna be off the hook <laughs> Kids, this is gonna be epic. <laughs> um, I didn't believe that he died. Like I just like did not believe that it was possible. And yeah. that's what makes the show great. Is like you have to accept the fact that like people die, and that's what happens in real life. People die unexpectedly, and you know. And um, it really bothered me that uh, that like out of and I, I like love the idea. I hate why they're going out be on the wall but i like the fact that those guys were i liked that it was those guys going to to do that and it what bothered me was right when torman when he did not get pulled underwater that's when i checked out because as much as i love that guy i'm like by the rules of this tv show that you have is that you have that you have played by yeah that you yourselves established he should have died and you're like, Rob, you are effing like you're effing it up. And you're effing it up because your guy didn't die. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, what about Jamie <laughs> Lannister getting blasted by the dragon in the previous episode or a couple it, episodes? You think exactly. he should have died? Um, or Braun should have died saving yeah, him? One of those two. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very least he should have been captured. At the very very least, zero reason for him to just like. Would have been funny if the if the dragon bit off his other hand. <laughs> it would have been, wah, wah. Uh, yeah, and I just I can't send any of the any. So sorry, we're, we're, it's a little bit more Game of Thrones oriented than I wanted this to be. But I wanted to use this to be one one last thing. I also cannot stand the whole Arya stanza thing. Yeah, that's annoying. Oh, sorry, me. it's it just it doesn't feel real at all. And feels juvenile and adolescent and dumb, yeah. And and they have stuff to work with there. They're just butchering it. So it just really stinks when one of like your favorite TV sh- 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 at during the home stretch, and then they just drop the ball. Yeah, it is kind of a bummer because you've invested all this stuff because it's good and I think it's worth it. If if you if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into like history and human drama and all you know like that's like we're sucked into this and there's a story we want to see played out and they're just butchering it and it really sucks yeah so it is the worst thing that's happened the past two weeks (laughs) after charlottesville and all the punching and the kicking yeah no it's not i mean it's just very far down on the list so yeah it's just it's just it's just a bummer what other shows do you think really screwed like what are, are there any shows that have like? I just finished Marvel's Defenders. Don't don't. I'm three episodes, two and a half episodes in. I feel like whoever wrote Marvel's Defenders also wrote Iron Fist, but <sighs> a, occasionally some Luke Cage and Daredevil and Jessica Jones writers come in. Like I think there's so much cool stuff there that you can't screw it up entirely. 
but and there are a couple cool fight scenes, but some of the scenes you couldn't see what was going on, and I don't think it was intentional. I just think they had their ISO filter too low or ISO setting too low. I mean, it was literally I don't know. My wife liked it. She liked the last episode, so we saved the last episode for tonight and we watched it, and and I liked it. I mean, it resolved mm-hmm. and cliffhangered, which is what you want. So. It is a comic book movie, so we do need this, but I don't know. <laughs> I wish Iron Fist was eight episodes long. I wish Defenders was ten episodes long. I wish they paced themselves a little bit more. I wish Iron Fist never happened, because I think Iron Fist really ruined the whole flow of the ha- Like, you're supposed to be scared of the hand, and then I felt like everything with Iron Fist, you were just frustrated with the Iron Fist guy, Danny Rand. You're yeah. just like sh- you're you're the whiniest kid I've ever met. You're like, ugh, 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 uh. and literally in this season, twice he says to someone, "I'm not gonna calm down. You calm down." And literally he says it to Luke Cage, who is sitting down, and he goes, "Hey man, why don't you calm down?" And that's all he says. And he's like, "I am calm. Why don't you calm down?" And you're like, "You're literally jumping up." In it. But it didn't feel like you know in the scene, like it, it didn't show Luke Cage's face and him like rolling his eyes like. Clearly, you're so amped up, you're an idiot. It just felt weird. Everything felt weird. Everything yeah, felt weird. Yeah, I think, because I, I didn't ever watch Iron Fist, and I sent you a text message. What did I say? Um, I said, uh, oh, gosh, it was really, I thought it was h- hilarious. I said, um, hi, I'm Iron Fist. I'm the whiniest <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah yeah no you you have no idea until you've watched the show if it's yeah it's just that's all I it think is for me the most disappointed i've ever been in in a tv show has been heroes heroes season three and following not season no, one i would say season, season one was incredible no it was great but after that creepy music and everything happening during that eclipse and all of these that saved the cheerleaders, saved the world. And No, no. I mean, up in, so for oh. me, up until the – because one of the things, like, I really enjoyed about it, it was kind of like the big not, – not, I mean, honest, like the first anti-hero on TV is Tony Soprano. But I love the fact that you had this, like, network TV show about people who had – all these crazy powers and like one guy could like only use his powers if he was high. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just like a cool, like little, like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like there's some real drama in a show that, you know, really always has like fake dramas. You don't care about it. just helps you get to the point of like the action, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, um, I feel like after he died, it kind of, cause I remember being like, Oh my God, dude. like I was shocked at that. They like, killed him. Cause he felt so important. And then it just kind of like, tapered off a little bit after that then it just like tanked this is what i love about heroes okay this is what i love i'm gonna stare directly into the camera to shame you just kidding what i love about heroes is the peter character and the siler character number one Mm -hmm. you knew siler was excuse me you knew siler was incredibly creepy and literally him and the horned rim glasses guy were mysterious and creepy and murderous. And mm-hmm. it just, they really played that well. Siler was the antichrist and Peter was the Christ figure throughout the, that storyline. So what mm-hmm. happens is 
Peter gets any power that he's around with people, right? So when he started flying because he was around his brother, his brother had the gift of flight. So he can not, I guess he absorbs their powers or whatever, but he doesn't diminish the other. So there's a famous scene where Peter's fallen and his brother flies and grabs him and they're both flying and then they lose control and spin out of control. And you're like, well, this is cheap ABC or NBC graphics, but uh, you find out it's because it's the first time they'd ever flown or whatever and they're doing this. And then Siler's character, his character, he can only take other people's powers when he murders them, right? And he murders them by cutting, mm-hmm. ripping their heads off and ripping out the part, you know? And so you have this, like, Christ, Antichrist, and he really was, like, this alter Christ or Antichrist figure. And I think they played that so well. So Peter is the rallying force gathering people together, and Siler is hunting them down and butchering them one by one by one by one. And all these other people are just like, oh, my gosh, I got powers. I'm scared. Right. And they don't know how to use them. They're afraid of them. They use them for their own gain. And I thought season one did an excellent job with this notion of there's a prophecy. Save the cheerleaders. Save the world. There's a guy from the future. There's like all of this different stuff all coming together in this. There's a happy Japanese guy. (laughs) Nissan Versa. But it all came. (laughs) Little did I know that Nissan paid a shit ton of money to get that guy to say that over and over again. (laughs) <laughs> Nissan Versa, Nissan Versa. Um, and so I bought one. Uh, <laughs> advertising works, Mr. Billboard Man. Um, and so uh, I just thought it was so awesome how, number one, you had the cool fantasy element of all these like superpowers. Mm-hmm. And they really played a good comic book style. But it had things like prophecy of the future and, you know, all like a really big bad guy. And then a sort of bad guy in the horned rim glasses man. It was kind of like mm-hmm. the smoking man from the X-Files and all this stuff. So I love season one and I even like season two because I felt like season two kind of continued it. But then afterwards you were like, wait, now Siler's a good guy. Oh, he was just a misunderstood. See that this is the problem with Hollywood is when someone is popular. That's why I love game of Thrones. When someone's popular, you can't kill them. And when you kill them, you bring them back. And then, <laughs> and Siler is like, Hey, I'm brought back and now I'm a good guy. And I just like hug kittens, you know? And you're just like, no, this is dumb. I'm dumb. I hate this world. <laughs> That's why I like uh, the BBC because most of their shows are just like two to three seasons long. And that's kind of it. Yeah. They're going to tell a story and then they're done. Yeah, two to three seasons long with three episodes uh, per season. <laughs> but each episode is three hours long. No, that's only on Sherlock. I know. And it's so nice. So Are nice. you there? <laughs> I, and, and... Uh-oh, you're freezing, buddy. got to be your bull. Kill the video? Yep. Yeah, we should kill the video. Kill the video. Video kill the sky ape star. Kill the video, save the world. <laughs> save the podcast. <laughs> kill the video, save the podcast. Oh, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> I uh <laughs> thank you and good night. <laughs> I can finally go to bed on time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, is this boring? Are you bored? I'm bored. Luke, a little bit. Luke, Luke. Uh, Go over, buddy. How you doing? I am What's really on? shitty right now. Me too. Yeah. Why are you That's shitty? Just... No, no. no. Uh, I just hate the fact that I, I, okay, how do I say this and not come across like a total dick? Um, It is, I think... I just, I'm not being fed as much as I need to be, and it's a problem. You mean like corn? Mm-hmm. It's just in and out. It's 
It's like, Ohio, we get it. You have corn, lots of it. It's time to cut the stalks down. Uh, no, it's just, it's just, it's just hard sometimes, you know, and you just, it sucks like not being able to go to, I mean, this is such like a first world problem. It's where it's like, you just want to go to a confession with a priest that you don't know. You want to be able to go to a group of people that you aren't the leader for. Yeah. You, you know, it's just, and it's like, and like we've talked around, you know, we've, we this idea for a retreat. I think it's a really good idea. Uh, I think it's a really, I think it's very like needed, but I'm also like, what about like my day to day life? Like what about like Tuesday mornings? You know, and it sometimes it just really sucks having a job that is like not dependent upon you, your your spiritual life, but like where you truly and I I mean this in a good way. Um, you can't escape it. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of like one of the things that, that I really enjoyed about when I taught was no matter how crappy my day was when I had to teach history, it didn't matter what was going on. I needed to or theology or whatever. I needed to talk about like what we were covering. So I could kind of like. To check out, you know, or just put myself in a box and just give my heart and my mind a break and just be present to where I am. And it sucks when you have to, when you kind of can't do that. Or, or I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn like, how do I, like, if I'm having a rough time spiritually or if things are going on in my life, when I have a job that's so dependent upon me reflecting what's going on and trying to like share christ with others when i'm struggling with christ it can be a little bit difficult i don't even mean that in like a bad way i just mean like just when it's like you know i'm not praying enough or i need to go to my confession or just things are starting to you know come up it can just be and then i just get depressed and i get all like i get all like moody and that just leads to a chidia for me and i just get all like and i'm a joy to be around <laughs> uh the problem with working for the church is that you never stop working for the church after your after hours you know like there is no stop time like i i, I think that's one of the great things about this podcast is we kind of give per- okay garth i just praised the podcast again deal with it <laughs> <laughs> this guy took me out to lunch and he goes you know not a single episode goes by without you praising your own podcast and i was like damn straight we're fucking awesome <laughs> yeah. we're almost at three quarter of a million downloads literally since march <laughs> yeah since march that means we'll hit a million uh let's carry the one move the two i don't know i don't do math <laughs> but uh i um i think the thing that i love about this podcast and I hope church workers. I mean, there are so many priests who listen to this. I know. So I was just, I just uh, and, went out today with with a, with a priest who is a big fan. It was awesome. The funniest thing about it is I have discovered now that we have priest fans is that priests are the most helpful people on the face of the earth when you're friends with them. Like, like when we, Father Adam he writes in, he's like, "Hey, here's some links to the USCCB stuff on racism and on multiculturalism and all this stuff," and you're like. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> like, you guys are thoughtful, and uh, and I felt bad. Uh, I went back and forth with um, one of the priests about uh, when we made the comment about why are priests why do priests suck and why are nuns awesome, and he's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> and I said, okay, okay, it is a self selection problem because I never see nuns unless I'm at a conference, and 
You don't yeah. see nuns at a conference unless they're able to work a conference. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I also hope when people like, and this is, this can, I think we need to, as the podcast grows in popularity, this sounds very douchey. I don't really mean for it to be that, but I think some of, I think people will think we're painting in broad strokes when like people that like understand us or the show know that we aren't. Yeah. I think the big you know? problem is, so many of us are absolutists about every freaking thing. What are you talking about? Yeah. What in the world could you be referring to? What I can't think of one thing that we got this past week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just ignored it. Every, here's the deal, people. Let's, let's revisit. This is a good time to revisit the point, the, the point of the show. Last Sunday, we had the reading, which I think is the reading that <laughs> typifies the show. The Syrophoenician Woman. She begs Christ. Christ says, uh-uh. She says, come on. He says, I'm not going to take the food from the children and give it to dogs. She says, yeah, but even dogs get the scraps from the master's table. Okay? We are the Syrophoenician women. That is the whole point. This is who you are as an audience. You are not the, <laughs> the masses. You are the people that in our brokenness find either something funny to laugh at or to laugh with. Uh, and it was just, it's just so funny, but here's the thing, like people, we, we don't give anyone the benefit of the doubt. I don't, no one does anymore, especially when it's online. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's just the nature. I mean, I'm sure it is the nature of, uh, everyone being a jerk online because there's this level of anonymity and whatnot. But, uh, you know, every, everyone thinks like, there's no civility when it comes to, there's just nitpicking and rudeness and, uh, or, or praise. And I'm a sycophant, so please always praise me. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, we're just so, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to listen to your show because you made one comment. Well, you know, th three fists will never catch these foxes. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> that was an iTunes review that I think is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we had a great little icon made for it. Icon, a great little picture. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is something that I struggle with a bit because, on one hand, I'm like, I like, yeah, totally, I'm with you. It's just like, holy crap, a little bit of grace, just a little bit of grace to everyone. It just, but then, like, what about my episode on the convocation? Yeah, no, no, you. That's what I'm saying. It's not like we're exempt from this. I'm not exempt yeah. from any of oh, this no. stuff. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a terrible person. And this morning, I was doing this, ranting and raving about another person today. Because I'm in the middle of this thing at work that's really bothering me. And I went up and down, tearing this person apart, venting, because things were happening at work. One after the other, after the other, after the other. To the fact that I was going to have to plan some like really great stuff today. I was like trying to work on my curriculum. Mm -hmm. I, I like how I just call it great. And uh, <laughs> I know it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I haven't even written it yet. Um, and all of that for literally six hours today, I was doing something completely different and I was really mad at this one individual and we talked on the phone and I said to myself, as I, uh, when I realized who it was on the phone, I said, Michael, don't do what you always do, which is launch in, realize you're mistaken or you've way overstated your case cause you're angry and then have to backtrack, just maybe ask some questions in a calm, rational manner. And so that's what I did. And, oh, wouldn't you know it, I was way off base. I was totally wrong. 
I was totally wrong. And I had to admit it. And then I had to go. And this is the deal. I went to every single person that I had vented to or gossiped. I don't want to call it gossip, so I'll call it venting. And I apologized to them. And I cleared that person's name. And, you know, hey, we fixed it. And I just, shoot, man, what is wrong with me? We're broken. No, yeah. no, it's too much gluten. <laughs> no, 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 no. By the way, I'm getting like aches in my knee. Isn't that weird? Um, it is weird. You should put the video on and show me your white thighs again. <laughs> Just kidding. Please don't. You should somehow make just enough of a screen, like just <laughs> enough of my thighs for a screenshot for the uh, cover. Don't do that. Is that, uh, is that Joe Namath? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Speaking is of that... speaking of Luke's creamy white thighs, ladies and gentlemen, Luke Carey. Luke, uh, who shall not be last name, <laughs> is going to be at the Encounter Houston Conference September 29th to October 1st. I am so excited for this. You better be, because it is costing me a fortune to bring you out. Just kidding. Uh, we are... <laughs> it's not true at all. Uh, we are having... <laughs> I was like, nay on to that, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are, we are going to be... <laughs> oh dear the best part is our audience has no idea why you're laughing so hard so let me just go on with the ad read so we are going to be there friday night saturday and sunday the conference event itself is all day saturday but because they partnered with the fine folks at a door and i'm just making this crap up this sounds like i'm reading something i am literally just staring at the call recorder timer and just making this up the fine folks at a door decided we're doubling down on friday night we're going to make this a weekend experience for people to remember so on Bang. Friday, you come to the hotel, this beautiful Marriott Hotel in downtown Houston. It's got a freaking lazy river the shape of Texas. You go, you go there. We hang out. We have fun. This is all about relaxing and having fun and getting to know other young adults. That's right. It's just for young adults. If you have kids, they're hiring people from the Pines. And you just pay your family rate. You stay with your family. You have fun with your family. I brought my kids last year, my wife and kids. We had, What are the Pines? Oh, oh, sorry. Pines is a summer camp in, in northern Texas. It's a, Oh, sweet. It's a really great summer camp. My, uh, my church goes to them. And so we're hiring camp counselors. And they are going – a door ministry hired these camp counselors. And they're going to work with the kids while you get to go to the conference on Saturday. So nice. that's a great component. They're, the prices are all available online at EncounterHouston.com. Um, but if you go and you sign up and you enter Catching Foxes, you get like 20 bucks off. Bam. So we want you to go on, uh, come out for the weekend. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it because it literally is a vacation. Once you arrive, we ain't got nothing to do except to listen to people like Icondolo play music. There's going to be a bunch of, there's like three bands that night. Um, and we're all mm -hmm. just going to hang out and we take over like a large chunk of the hotel. And that's awesome. So we need you guys to come out. And Catching Foxes is going to be there as Catching Foxes. We are, we're not just there to drink. Um, but we are going to be there <laughs> on Friday night. So we want you to come out and join us. The only way you can see us on Friday night is if you get the weekend membership and, uh, or the weekend pass thing and, uh, and, and come out and join us. Uh, we're going to do some live stuff there. I mean, not broadcast it live. We're going to record some stuff there um, with some of the speakers and musicians. And, uh, and then we're going to have a booth, too. So you can come by, get a, get a selfie with your favorite host, which is not Luke. <laughs> which reminds me, we should probably talk about what we're going to have at the booth. 
<laughs> it's, really, it's just us. It's just do. us. We don't have anything. We don't have merch. We should make. We should have two things. We should make it a kissing booth, and then like a fortune telling booth. Oh my god! Or like no, sorry, not, that would not be it. so okay. funny. Let me change that. Like a like in um in Peanuts where they have like psychologists like five cents or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Except I think Grazia Plana will be there as actually offering counseling sessions. So oh, so <laughs> maybe we'll do a tap dance. Uh, <laughs> kissing booth it is. Kissing booth it is. Uh, yeah. Five bucks for me, one nickel for Luke. <laughs> Listen, someone was uh, a bachelor for all of his. To twenty, so he's experienced. Luke, I dated someone for all of my twenties. <laughs> One person. I finally married her. Surprising that she said yes after dating her for years. Did she though? Well, she said maybe, and then I just took it and ran with it. <laughs> but did she though? Because mm. the first time it was a hard no. It was a hard no. But <laughs> six six other proposals later, she said yes. Ish. Yeah, you know, I don't really. Did know. you like? It? How I bring up like the worst part of your life. Mm, mm. Actually, Luke, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the worst part of my life is coming up soon. Why? Uh, so a couple weeks ago. See, this is the part of the podcast that's difficult for me because me and Luke want to be honest, want to be raw. This isn't confession, mm. but this is like I don't I, I literally got off the phone with my dad like five minutes no five minutes five, uh, five seconds I, I don't think my dad's gonna be around much longer oh no i'm sorry man yeah he had uh he, you know I don't, i'm not gonna get into all of it it's not he has no positive he never so he's a gormley man we have anxiety we do not go and see the doctor when whenever my dad has to go to the emergency room they say who's your primary for care physician and he says uh well i guess it's you right now because he never goes to the doctor. And so now, and I'm the same way, uh, it, there's, yeah, there's just things going on. And uh, I don't know if it's my place to talk about it in depth. But I, I don't think he has a lot of hope that he's going to be around for much longer. And I could hear it in his voice. I could hear it in some of the way he said some things. And, uh, and then we just ended the phone call. Because he had to go, and and it's like literally, I had already answered your Skype call, and I was like, uh. "Oh, so you were all, you were on the phone with your dad?" Yeah. Oh, I'm oh man. Now my dad's older. I'm I'm the youngest in my family, so I'm I'm 35, and my dad just turned 70. Um, so you know he's 70. He's not a he's not a spring chicken, but uh, at the same time, isn't aren't all like don't you? I'm saying this to the one guy who would immediately put me in my place, but no, 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 no. Don't you feel like all dads are immortal? <laughs> like it's your dad. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah no, yeah. totally. It's the it is incomprehensible. I think to a certain extent, like like even after having like lost a parent, like to me, uh, like I freak out occasionally because I'll think, okay, if we stay in Ohio for another five years, I move, we'll move to. Arizona after that. This is not like a for sure thing. This is just in my mind. I'm like, my mom will be 65. That's crazy. You know, or just like yeah. something. It's just like, just, you know, like kind of that. Uh, and my mom is a, uh, she is, is listening. So don't worry, mom, you're, you're fine. Very, very young. Um, <laughs> look great. Actually, she does look great for her age. So, um, yes, yeah, she does. 
<laughs> sweet, sweet Mrs. Carey. I love her. Um, it's just uh, that sounded weird when I said that. Um, Especially who's Mrs. Carey? Never heard of that last name before. I know, right? <laughs> My mom's just the nicest person. Uh, she's just the nicest lady ever. Um, it, it's just it's hard. It's super, super hard. Like you know, uh, it's. It's hard seeing the people that you love grow older, you know, especially, um, you know, like a lot of us don't have a lot of our grandparents anymore. You know, like I went from having when I was in high school. Okay, sorry. When I was in junior high, I had two great grandmothers and three grandparents. You know, when I was like a kid, like really young, five, like five years old or so, I had three great grandparents, four grandparents, you know, and now I'm down to one. Yeah. And that's just, it's to me, it's mind blowing sometimes. Yeah. With me, I started at one grandparent, never knew the rest, never had great grandparents. They all died of cancer, of heart attacks, of ALS. I never knew them. I never knew my dad's dad, never knew my mom's mom, never knew um, my dad's mom. They all died when I was really little. My, mom's dad is the only one I had a relationship with and he died when I was like 25 years old so about 10 years ago um maybe a little bit less when I was a youth minister I was driving on my way to a confirmation retreat my mom called me to tell me that he died and I couldn't do anything I couldn't go back I was in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and uh two days later his body was on its way to Philadelphia for the funeral and I didn't go to that I couldn't no one in our family except my mom my dad and so you know it's like I don't have close people that have died to me um, in my family. I have had friends die, Katie Garcia being, uh, you know, obviously the most recent and probably the, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, I was super, we were close. I wouldn't say we were best mm-hmm. friends, but I mean, you no, know, you, you want to hear something crazy? The last time my wife talked to Katie was at Encounter Houston last year, and it was one of the best experiences of my wife's, um, you know, last couple of years. Like she just said, I mean, she just kept saying, it was so great to talk to her. It was so great. It was just so great. We just talked for like two or three hours. And I go, I know. I gave a talk. You were supposed to be there and support me. And she's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. I was talking to Katie. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's much better than hearing me talk. So it was, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know how to feel. I really don't know how to feel because I don't have any information. But I can just hear the resignation in my dad's voice. And it is like a thing where it's like, yeah, so the doctor's being nice, but I think I know what they want to say to me. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to have to deal with this for real. And it ain't going to be pretty. And you're not going to. My son Thomas is fucking. You know, I didn't know my grand, my grandparents on my dad's side. Mm-hmm. And now my Thomas is gonna. Fuck. He's not gonna know his grandfather. And this is me overreacting because I don't have any information. It's just no. You're not. You're not over um, reacting at all. You're. You're. You are processing. 
Uh, and I'm processing it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, um, it, uh, I mean, if, if you don't want to, um, if you don't want to like release this, it's, it's totally fine. We, we can just like talk about it. I'm totally fine. We don't have to, we don't, we can just edit this out, you know, and just, we can just like talk about this now, just us. But, uh, I think it's, um, um, this is the stuff that everyone always wants to like shove away and act like this is this is the things that we like. This is why we use our uh, devices a lot and why we watch our stupid like TV shows and play video games and watch sports because we don't want to have to like deal with the pain of life. So it's uh, allow yourself to go through it, man. Just, I'm sorry, buddy. <sighs> You know, my dad, he's a smoker, mm-hmm. and uh, he was flying to Italy. This is his first time to do something like that. My, I think my mom had done it a couple times. He's never done anything like that. And he started to prepare his will, and he went on the nicotine patch and did all this stuff, and it's like, you're, you're, you're really afraid of death right now. And I just remember thinking that. He was like, you know, I'm, I might make you the executor of the will since you're here, and your oldest brother Brian, he always has been, but I might make you just because you're you're present. Your brother, he's you know he's working all the time, so maybe I'll make him. Maybe I'll make you. And I said, you know, I don't care. I don't, you know, it's not like me, Chris, mm-hmm. and Brian are going to be fighting over this stuff. But he's like, you know, if the pl- if something should happen to the plane, I'm like, the plane, okay, you know, and you don't you don't think about your parents' mortality, but then, uh. The the problem that we don't the problem is I confronted him on his smoking and I said, Don't you want to be there when your oldest when my oldest daughter is walking down the aisle? Don't you want to see her get confirmed? Like, isn't that a thing that grandparents look forward to? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, ten years ago, if if me and Shannon got married when I was 22 instead of 28 or 29 like that would have been a game changer you know we would have and i I gotta stop speaking as if it's already happened but you know 10 more years you know but that's not how life works and now i'm sitting here thinking he's he's my kids are at that age my oldest daughter is seven where they're not going to be able to remember him you know, and to me, that's like, that's what's like killing me. It's like this guy was, this guy's amazing, and you're not, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be, you're gonna be like, I remember Pop Pop, but I don't, I can't really remember what he looked like, you know, like things like that. Yeah, and I'm just gonna be like, he was, he was awesome, and he was funny, and he was quiet, and he smoked, mm-hmm. smoked weird now 100 menthols and (laughs) and ever since i went to college he started drinking a lot more (laughs) like because that's the only way we hung out was having a beer late at night when i would get back from hanging out with my young adult friends and he'd be up and we would just sit down and have a beer together and he'd make sure i wasn't drunk and you know and we would talk theology or you know stuff going on and i'd whine and complain and we'd argue about politics and Mm -hmm. I was always defending Iran with him. Why does he make me defend Iran? (laughs) 
And I don't even know how, I mean, I never got to spend the time that I wanted to with him. Because of the stuff going on in my family, just family dynamics, being a, a one of the sons being having dad time is anathema in my house. Well, why don't mm-hmm. you want me? Why why are you excluding me? And I, so I've never had that ever in my entire life. And uh, I feel like like Shannon and me were talking a little bit before, and it was before I had talked to my dad. And Shannon said, "You know, I mean," you, and she's kind of blunt, but she's trying to get me to like. Hey, you need to call your dad and check in because he had left me a voicemail when I was out of town. And Shannon called him back just to check in. And uh, and I realized today because of some weird crap going on at work that I hadn't talked to him. And uh, she had said something like, you know, just kind of like being blunt and like referencing like him being dead. And my dad's not dead. He doesn't. We don't have a diagnosis of anything. We just have suspicions of everything. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, "This isn't fair. I haven't had time with him. It's not. F- it's not freaking fair that because of the crazy family dynamics and all this stuff, and my brother's high school addiction and college age addiction crap that drained my family of time and attention and all this. I've never had. I've never had a father son retreat or getaway or go be mm-hmm. with your kid. I've never had that in my entire life." And yeah. I do I do this stuff all the time with my kids because it's a priority that dads bond with their kids away from mom. Away from mom. And mom needs to bond with kids away from dad. That's the reality of our family is mom is away from dad. <laughs> and they're with the kids all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't – it's such a high value in my eyes. And it's such an absence in my own life. With my own dad. Like – and it's just normal, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Man, I, I wish I could say something to, like, make you feel better. <sighs> you know, in uh, that book, The World Beyond Your Head, he has this line where he says, um, he's quoting a an author, I think it's a a woman who's a professor, maybe at Columbia or something, and she had talked about how... Our emotions are a source of knowledge as well because she said, you know, I always loved my mom and I knew that I loved my mom, but how hard I cried at her funeral told me how much I love my mom. Like Mm -hmm. that was a real experience an intellectual, a a non-intellectual knowledge of, of what is really going on in my relationship and this loss now that I've experienced, you know, like. And I think that that's that uh, I I mean, I'm I don't know how to be without my dad, which is weird because it's if we've always been at arm's length or farther, you know? Yeah, but it, like it doesn't change like the, the dynamics of the relationship don't change the relationship. Like he's your father, you're his son. Yeah, there is nothing that will ever change that. And it's um, like think back to like that interview with Danielle. We talked about like her, you know her relationship with like her dad, how strained it was, and how um, abusive it was. And but like 
that was still her dad. Yeah. You know, and, and she has to reconcile those two things. And like, she wants her dad in her life. Cause like we're built for those, you know? So it's, 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 yeah, it's tough. Like I remember when my dad died, I, I really did not cry. Like I, like a good, like just like letting it all out cry till after communion at the a memorial mass. Yeah. It was just, there is no, we don't have to, we don't have to uh, release it. So don't feel like you, like, honestly, uh, I don't want you to feel like you have to like put things in a certain way. So they're like podcast appropriate. Um, this might be one of those things that like, it's just too soon, but there is no right way to deal with what you're gonna, what you're dealing with. There is none. There's just, you just do your best and you pray and you rely on grace and you just try and you work with what you can. You know, there's a lot of different people in your lives right now who this is going to touch. This is going to affect on very deep, profound levels. And you're going to, um, some of them, you're going to have to be there for them. Some you're going to feel like you should be there for, for them. And some you're going to be like, I don't know. You're not going to know how. And you just got to like, do you, you just got to try to do whatever it is you feel like you like should do. This is so vague and not helpful at all. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, uh, Whew. so I, I was on the Jen Fulweiler show <laughs> and you weren't, that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You won life in that, in that moment. <laughs> it was a good show too. I've heard good things about her. I've never actually, I've been in the same room as her, but I was in a meeting while it was going on. So I didn't really stop and go, hi, I'm that guy. She went from like liberal atheist to Catholic culture warrior. But I like, but she's, she, I feel like in another world, she was a youth minister because she, like, she like loves Snapchat and all this stuff. And she's, Mm -hmm. she, she really is great. Like I've, I did an event with her at St. Mary's at Texas A&M. And she told the story of how she hate hated Texas A and M because she was like an atheist goth girl, and uh, <laughs> she's like torn fishnets and everything. And uh, and everyone was there was like these conservative little evangelical Christians, and she wanted to throw up, so she went to UT. <laughs> so everyone That's at awesome. UT, here's to you. I I know that uh, Aaron used to love reading her stuff. She hasn't in a, in a while, not by choice, just yeah. just kind of like happened. But uh, I know that she's a big, big fan. Yeah, she wrote a book on her conversion from atheism, something other than God. I think was the title, and she's got a couple new stuff coming out. But her show is great. It's Monday through Friday, and it's on the Sirius XM. And it's funny because someone took a picture of their radio and sent it to me, and it literally looks like like a it Photoshop. Looks like a Photoshop. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. It's but, super weird. Yeah, but it's a real, a real, a real picture, and uh, it's like Jen Fulweiler, Michael Gormley. But I've been getting. I mean, getting some people emailing me through the Lay Evangelist website, being like, "Tell me more about prison ministry," because that's what I—I I was driving home. I'm an idiot. This is how much of an idiot I am. I—I I had a, to go to the prison uh, two Mondays ago, and it was funny because I was like, "I really don't want to go today. I'm—I so, got so much work. I got all—you know—I let all the excuses pile up, and I literally went on Twitter as like an excuse to not like pay attention to work. Like I have so much work. Better hop on Twitter for an hour. And uh, <laughs> I have the first tweet that comes up is Sister Miriam, and she says, um, "Oh, what did she say? 
today's the feast day say maximum colby like patron saint of you know all this stuff and i was like no and it's like a him in prison you know and it says hashtag monday motivation you know and she does those monday motivation things and i was like oh i have no motivation this will be my monday motivation all right Mm -hmm. say maximum colby because the ministry i do is called the colby prison retreat ministry and uh yeah so i was like all right i need to do this so i leave and I leave like 10 minutes later than I want. And then I'm caught in so much traffic. I was an hour late to get to the prison. It takes an hour to get there. It takes an hour to get back. So she said, we'll record at 4.10. It was 4.10 Eastern time. So I'm flying home at 3.10. I run out of the prison. I'm like, listen, guys, I only got to talk to you for an hour today. And they're like, no, it's fine. We actually are. We're going on partial lockdown today. So lockdown. Lockdown, they're so literally. There's... What? I was going to say, so there's that. Yeah, well, par- yeah, partial lockdown means – a lockdown means you're literally not allowed out of your cell. So I think a partial lockdown is uh, you're not allowed out of your cell at certain times so that they can, like, do searching and stuff, whatever. But uh, so I'm flying home, and I email them. I say, could maybe we do it 415 instead of 410? And she said, Eastern time. Jen is trying to get a hold of you right now. And I was like, oh, 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 that's – that's how Eastern time works when you live in Central. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing because I have Skype on my iPhone. And I did the whole interview with my hand locked in one position so I wouldn't lose cell reception or anything. And, uh, yeah, we talked for like 45 minutes. I'm gonna More see importantly. If... What? I'm sorry. I'm going to try to see if I the podcast. Oh, uh, the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> That's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said that um, – I'm gonna, or I'm going to ask her if we can post the episode in our Patreon thing. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I think it went well. I mean, I talked about racism and uh, prison ministry and catching foxes and evangelization and mm-hmm. how to punch people in the face verbally and get away with it. <laughs> oh, dude. that's Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm proud of you. We are a roller coaster here on Catching Foxes. <laughs> I'm just chewing a classic avoidance thing and moving along. Oh, but hey, let's tell the good people what else we're doing. Ascension Press's Roundtable podcast. Oh, how about that? They're going to interview us next Monday? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday? Wednesday, the, August 30th, if that's a Wednesday. That's when they're interviewing us. <laughs> 30. And Very excited uh, about yeah, that. and and I think that'll be fun. They are a podcast that I've been keeping an eye on, and I told them this. I went to an event that they hosted, and uh, they're recording this session. And I was talking with one of the guys, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of Catching Foxes." And I was like, "That's awesome." And he goes, "So we just started this podcast." And I was like, "I know. I've been watching you climb the iTunes chart." <laughs> I told him how pissed off I was. And I'm like, it's not fair. You belong to this huge international media house. And here we are, the Syrophoenician women, <laughs> begging for scraps from Ascension Press's table. I'm going to use that line with them. It would be great. Oh, uh, man. We are not humble. We can't be humble, man. We got to be like we got to be like a, uh, a, a first-year NBA basketball player, right? Like, we have to think we're better than everyone. And that Michael Jordan wants a pair of my shoes. Like, yep. that's just what we have to think. Yep. Listen, I would so much rather be Steve Jobs 2000, and like in the year 2001, than Tim Cook 2016. You know oh, what I'm totally, saying? Totally. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Totally. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag swag, everyone. Hashtag swag. Oh, I hate it. I, I feel disgusting just saying that right now. What? Hashtag swag. Yeah. Hey, remember when you thought woke meant being high? 
Yeah. No, it's not what it means at all. Yeah, no, I know. It means like being like, I don't know. Who knows? Hey, uh, so I did a Facebook, <laughs> I did a Facebook live thing. Yeah. Listen, um, and we should have a tier on our Patreon page for that we'll only use to buy alcohol with for when we record. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like if we can do it to people like can still gift other ones. <laughs> like you you can donate to the other ones, but really one dollar a month from fifteen of you is sufficient. <laughs> no, it's not. Listen, people, we me and Luke want to quit our jobs. We want to produce <laughs> catching foxes and catching foxes like stuff year round. We know we know we don't deliver everything your heart needs. <laughs> But we, we know want... we don't follow through on so many of our promises, but we're so busy. <laughs> we are so busy. You and you alone can alleviate that burden by donating to our Patreon page and then I not pay Luke, which is the conversation we're going to have to have on Skype after this. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot to text you back about that, quote unquote, forgot. What money? Oh, you... Oh, you mean this fancy Xbox I have? <laughs> uh, see, people, all the money goes through me, and I pay Luke. But I haven't necessarily paid Luke all the money. It's okay. <laughs> Big deal. EncounterHouston.com, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you. This is a crazy episode. This is what I'm going to promise our fans. People, I'm not going to edit anything except maybe the first few minutes. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe I'll take your song from the first few minutes. I'll put it at the end. Oh, I feel so bad now knowing what the conversation you were having. Why? What song were you singing? Were you singing on Eagle's Wings? No, you'll you'll hear it. It wasn't bad. It was just like, because uh, I could tell that you were pacing. And I know when you pace, that means that it's like you're in it. I'm like, oh, so he's having like a, this is not just like a touch basing. This is like, something's going on. This is Gomer mentally breaking down. But then wanting to immediately talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> and Game of Thrones. In fantasy is where I hide from my feelings. Do, 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 do. Uh, floppy wieners, big old wieners. <laughs> Man. Listen, no matter what happens, you will get through it. And it's not, it's, yeah. Ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm so sorry, bud. Uh, I'm going to change the topic one more time. No, sure, yeah, fine. I had mentioned that, so the, the prison ministry thing that I do. Never heard about it. I know, right? You want me to tell you about it from the beginning? So we... <laughs> <laughs> We want to create a – okay, so I feel weird saying this to you. But we want to create a series of resources, DVD-wise, <laughs> that prisoners can watch because I'm not everywhere and I'm that awesome. No, me and me and this guy, we were talking about this stuff, and um, we're going to have a sit-down. But I had mentioned how one day I want to do a Kickstarter because the prison ministry really is scary to me. That no one is doing anything. In, in mm -hmm. there are 210 state prisons in Texas, and um, there are very, I shouldn't say no one's doing anything. There are very few people doing a heroic amount of work, and then there's me, and I drive up, give a couple talks, hug the men, shake hands, say hi, and then drive away. So I don't think I'm doing much. But guys like Jerry and Mike Kimball, I mean, these guys, 
and Scott, they, they do so much for these men. And, and there's only so, there's so few of these guys around that can go around. I mean, your parish might be nice, but you don't have Scott Broussard at your church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what we want to be able to do is to create resources that, at least for the state of Texas, 210 prisons, we want to be able to give them, like, amazing stuff that is for an, an inmate, you know, a man who's in prison. So the Catholicism series is good. But, I mean, at Gomer's some, better. But Gomer's better. I am better than Bishop Barron. Brandon Vaughn, no, no, no. text but Bishop I, Barron <laughs> and tell him that I'm better than him. And tell uh, him that we need to collaborate on this project. We need to I, make I, a prison project. Me, Luke, Bishop Barron, Brandon Vaughn, Times Square. Bring <laughs> everyone together. <laughs> bringing everyone together who's already gathered due to the prison system. Well, I, I think is what you can do with something like like that is like you can be where e- – it is literally impossible for you to go. Yeah. And that's such a, like, I, I think that is such a good idea and a good use of resources. And here's I mean, the funny thing is I would have to make it in standard definition for DVD uh, players. Oh, the worst. Because there is no, there is very, I should, shouldn't say there is no, there's very little HD quality, let alone uh, Blu-ray. Like that stuff does not exist in most prisons. I don't know if you want a lot of HDMI cords, you know, around. <laughs> They, they have that stuff on lockdown. They what could you, yeah, yeah, no. And plus, the the men that that get access to those things are not the type of men who would. Maybe they were at one time, but they are no longer the type of men who go stabby, stabby, choky, slammy. So, yeah, someone said to me, "Who's allowed to come to your events?" And I was like, "Literally, if you haven't stabbed anyone in eighteen months, you're a good candidate." <laughs> so we just had, to, oh, 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 Luke, I need your permission. Okay, I don't. I haven't heard it yet, but I gave the two talks at the prison. I want to know what if, if we should do something with them, because one of them was on like racism in prison. We talked about it with like, should we? I was thinking about posting it into the Patreon page, but for free, you know, because you can do stuff without having people. Oh yeah, pay. yeah, 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 yeah. Does that sound like a good idea? Totally. I think the more stuff we can put on there, the better. Okay, I think that'd be cool. I had, you know, I mentioned this stuff, but I, um, I just no, found no, out that they that's... recorded my talks, and I didn't know that they did. So. The guys can percent yes. Okay, cool. And we'll put it on for free. So you just go to patreon.com slash CF. It'll drive some traffic to Patreon, our Patreon page, slash CF. Patreon slash CF dot com slash CF. It'll drive you to Patreon, but you don't have to pay for anything. So that'll be good. Patreon. Patreon. Um, and that's all I got. Encounter Houston. I'm gonna go uh I don't know, go cry. I'm not gonna do much editing. I don't I, I don't think I can listen to me. No, that's fine. Have that moment, but I, I'll leave the moment in. People, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm whoring out my sadness. No, I don't think you are. Like, I, I don't think you – here's um, – I don't know. It's, I, th- uh, how do I put this? Put it in German so it sounds harsher. Oh, I'm uh, so scared. We would have made it. But we're served. Um <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't strike me as, as that because I don't think you're you're not sitting like you you just kind of you didn't come on here to talk about it. I you came on here to hold, not talk about it. Exactly. I could tell you just you couldn't hold it back. And, I and, think and to be honest with you, I came on here to not talk to my wife about it. I just at that moment, you know, because. Yeah, because I know when I have the talk with her, it's going to be real in a totally different way. Well, she, yeah, yeah. 
because she's and, gonna she's there in the room with me, staring at me. And you know what my wife did when I was waiting to talk to my dad, and I got a text message saying, "Okay, it's fine. You can." Call. I sent him a text saying, "Hey, can I talk to you tonight?" And he said, "Yeah, fine. You can call me." Um, I said, "You know, I'm nervous about this phone call because I know that he's seeing all these doctors now, and he's seeing multiple doctors, mm-hmm. which is never a good sign." And uh, my wife was like, listen, Michael, regardless of what happens now down the line, what you hear, she said, you are a really good father. And it's proven by the fact that every single time you come home from work and that door shuts, all the kids, no matter where they are in the house, stop what they're doing and they run to you. And give you hugs. And at night, they don't even want to lay down unless they give you hugs and kisses. And I'm like, all right. Like, you don't need to affirm me. You know? Like, to me, that's how my wife keeps me balanced and sane. Is that she finds the one thing that I don't want but need to hear. You know? Like, I, I, I want you to be like, oh, yeah, that really sucks. You know? Just commiserate with me. Or... Or don't say anything or whatever. And then and then she goes and affirms me <laughs> like mm-hmm. in my fatherhood. And that's it's just the it's it's so hard. So hard to hear. But it was that's what she does. That's why it's gonna be, you know, quote unquote a, a different type of reel when, when I talk to her as opposed to all of my wonderful friends out here listening. I really do love our audience. I do too. Especially the douchey ones. You guys are great, too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Keep on coming. Just make sure you download and listen. Um, <laughs> we don't care if you actually listen. If you're a hater, just keep downloading so we get them numbers. <laughs> I, so is it just downloads, or can they tell if you hit play? It's just downloads. Oh, yeah. Download away, everyone. <laughs> um, I was having this conversation, because I thought there were some apps where you can, like, some things that measure they can tell if they fit play or not, but whatever. They will. Um, That's all coming, but it has to be from the app player, not from the not from the host, or for, unless the host itself is the player. Okay, so. okay, so, the, okay. Well, dude, you have my love, you have my prayers, you have my support. You need to just, I don't know, talk about other stuff yeah. while this is all going on in the in the background, and with, you know, just dude, I mean, some of the times when I was, you know, just having a hard time in, um, after my dad died and I was in like Eureka by myself, just talking to you about and hearing you like ran about politics, you know, and all of your anti, like the anti-war kick that you were on. Um, it's just nice. So. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome so about so. my <laughs> yeah no let me tell you let me tell you about iran man they're getting the wrong end of the deal bruh i understand that you're in a place by yourself and your whole life has just dramatically changed the past three months but the gold standard <laughs> <laughs> i understand that your whole life is shrunken to a diameter of 18 inches also known as the bedroom in your your boarding school that you're not allowed to be yourself in however i have some stuff to say about the war in guam Can, do you have an hour do you have an hour i understand that for 24 hours a day seven days a week you go by mr carrie and no you just you're just dying to be called luke just once but have we talked about the mises institute <laughs> 
Luke, I know you are edging ever closer to despair, loneliness caused by your profound isolation in the middle of nowhere, California. But there is anarcho-capitalism, and I think we need to discuss its ramifications for our nation's rivers and lakes. Luke, I understand you're in a very... <laughs> You know where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. I understand you're a very toxic relationship that's killing you slowly <laughs> from the inside. I understand that she might call you and scream obscenities at the top of her lungs. I understand all of these things. However, Ron Paul has never once voted for war. <laughs> Uh, you understand that you are dating a girl that's going to cause you to cry in, in your sleep more times than a 24-year-old should. But <laughs> Lou Rockwell, have you heard of him? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Luke, this uh, is the 18th time that you may have broken up with the craziest girl I've ever heard of. <laughs> And I might have told you 17 prior times not to get back with her. And we might have three-way called you with your sister, Emily, to beg you not to get back with her. However, did you know the federal government killed John F. Kennedy? I understand, Luke, that you're trying to get this girl that you're all of a sudden back back together with now for an unprecedented 30th time. And then invite her to our wedding after we've already disinvited her and brought in other people to replace her. <laughs> However, <laughs> did you know Abraham Lincoln was the worst president in the United States? <laughs> Look it up, Mises.org. Also, Ebenezer Scrooge, surprisingly, he was the hero, the only capitalist around. Oh, Luke, we are so broken. So much brokenness. Uh, well, at the Luke the <laughs> at Lay Evangelist, we, we don't you in iTunes. We don't need more followers. We just need more likes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got all the followers I can handle. Just retweet me a lot more so I can get more followers. Wait a second. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, is your phone still black and white? No, <laughs> I, 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 I no no because like I try to. Um, I'm not, I'm trying to like moderate my moderation, if you will. Luke, you are an all or nothing person, even about moderation. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I need to calm this down a little. Yeah, I'm going to calm it down a little. I'm going to calm it down a lot. I'm going to calm it down. You know what? I'm never going to, you know what? I'm really sad that I've been calming it down for so long. I need to get a little bit back. You know what? I am drunk on iPhones. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Like I just go in such like. Like this past week, all I listened to, all I watched is Game of Thrones stuff, podcasts, YouTube. Like I'm, I'm talking hours and hours and hours worth because I've had to drive a lot for work. Oh, okay. Th- like Aaron's like, why are we down to like only twenty five percent of our data left with eleven days still? And I was like, well, I mean, these three hour like, y- you know, YouTube comment like videos aren't gonna watch themselves. <laughs> See, that's the one problem of doing YouTube, or two problems of doing YouTube on the phone. If you don't pay for YouTube Red, you and you just want the audio, you have to have the video with it. But if you yep. pay for YouTube Red, you can kill the video. And the other problem is, when you're streaming from your phone, you can't speed up the playback. 
I watched so much stuff on, on YouTube. My standard thing is 1.5 speed. Talks, presentations, Vox animations, all the whole deal. Whole deal, Luke. 1.5. Do I have friends? No. Do I need friends? Probably. Am I going to get friends? Not likely. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I have listened to... Uh, I discovered an audiobook called Expeditionary Force, book one, two, and three, and I finished them all, and they're all 15-hour books. How? Uh, plane flights, late nights. Um, and dr- Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix. <laughs> and and double speed or 1.5 speed. Every Every time I have silence... I don't have silence. I have an audiobook. So I finished it all. And there was one there was one really late. You're a uh, Catholic speaker. That's a great idea. Go on. Anima technica vacua. Anima technica. Technica vacua. But I was Balthazar. Hold balls. Hold balls. 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 Swedish theologian. Swedish theologian. But no, when we, after we were done with the Ike interview, I was like, oh man, that was intense. I got to play some Minecraft. And I played Minecraft for three hours straight and I didn't realize it. It was, it was literally like, oh no, it wasn't the Ike When was it? Because the Ike one, we finished at like 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And then you edited it. And then I edited till 3.30 and went to bed. No, it was not. It was the, and maybe it was the next night or maybe it was, you know, I don't care. They're all blending. I got to go to bed. I love you, buddy. Yeah, Goodbye. go to bed. Uh, you, I am praying for you, my friend. Don't pray for I me. Pray you. for my dad. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Ugh. Absolutely. If you need anything, I'm not kidding. You just need to talk. Just have someone just to breathe onto like a, into your phone while a person listens. I'll be there. Oh, do I have to breathe in a creepy way? No, no. It can be like a lighthearted breath. It can just be controlled breathing, whatever. What I'm saying is I want to hear you breathe (laughs) for a period of time. All the time. Hey, what was the name of this episode? Kill the podcast. Oh, kill the video. Save the podcast. There it is. There it is. All right. I just farted. So I got to go. Bye. Love you. Bye. Mercy is falling, is falling, is falling. Mercy falls like a sweet, sweet rain. Mercy is falling, is falling all over me. Hey, oh, I receive your mercy. Hey, oh, I receive your grace. Hey, oh, I will dance forevermore. Mercy is falling, it's falling, it's falling to Hamilton. Mercy, it falls like a sweet spring rain. Mercy is falling, it's falling all over me. I can't remember if there are other, other words to this song. So I'm just gonna do the parts that I know. Mercy is falling, it's falling, it's falling. Gomer is on his phone. He's pacing back and forth, but now we stop in the middle of the room. Hey, oh, he's on the phone. Hey, oh, I hope I'm not bothering him. Gomer, point at the camera if this is annoying you. I don't think he can hear what I'm saying. <coughs> I hope I'm not ruining his conversation. 
I would feel so bad. I hope Ms. Willie Sander will be serious conversation. <coughs> hey, oh, I receive your mercy. Hey, oh, I receive your grace. Hey, oh, I will dance for a <laughs> I literally was doing that the whole time you were on the phone. 